This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 140, Scraps. In this episode, I got a little distracted. So I've got a little bit of a lot of stuff for you. I've got a little tale for you about the dangers of deep cleaning the craft room. And I'm going to put my spin on one of my most benign, yet favorite, fiber arts tools. And because I got so distracted, I'm not even really sure where to start this episode. (laughs) I guess I should kick it off with some updates. So in the last episode, I told you that the boy was going to be out of town for like six nights. And that means for me, my time is all my time and I don't have to do anything for anybody else. So I literally made a list of all the possible things I might want to accomplish while he was out of town. And I would say I got nearly half of them accomplished, but I did make a list. So that's huge, right? Now let's talk about some of the benign things that I did. I deep cleaned the master bathroom in the house and recocked the shower and the vanity. It needed to be done. There weren't two of us requiring the shower. So I uh, took the liberty of recocking both of those parts of my bathroom, you know, just because, which is hilarious because the boy got home and didn't even, um, he didn't even realize that I had done it. And like, he didn't even notice, which is hilarious. But the shower caulking had a little bit of a crack in it. It was relatively new, so I was surprised. But it's all fixed now, and I don't have to worry about water getting in the walls. So we're good to go there. Yeah, so things that I do when the boy is not around. I went and got a pedicure. I got my hair cut. I went and ate at places that he doesn't like to eat. Because, you know, he's picky that way. For example, he doesn't like the restaurant Chili's. I don't particularly like the restaurant Chili's either. However, I like to go there periodically because they have these Southwest egg rolls with this delicious dressing that you dip it in. And I literally will just go there for lunch and go, can I get an order of Southwest egg rolls? I will eat them, drink a beer, and then leave. So I did that like in between the haircut and the pedicure. I went and I had this lunch that he cannot stand. So it's awesome. I also eat a lot of other interesting things that he doesn't eat. So I can't like, well, and he does most of the cooking. But I'm a huge fan of having like butter noodles with garlic for dinner or cereal for lunch. And I got to do all that stuff and eat the way I wanted to while he was out of town. So I did enjoy that. I got a lot of things touched on. I really do feel like I started a lot of stuff, but didn't finish really anything. While he was out of town, actually, I don't think I knit a single stitch, which is weird. It was only six days in the last two weeks. But still, I literally did not knit a single stitch. And I find that absolutely insane. But when we get to spin a tail, you'll, you'll see why. I, like I said, touched on a lot of stuff, didn't get a whole lot of stuff finished. And I really find that super, super hilarious. So yeah, that is what I've been up to. I dropped things off at charity, went and ate the food I wanted to eat, managed my time on my own schedule. 
So when he's out of town, I stay up a lot later than he does. So during the normal course of, I'm spraying, so I'm spinning oil and some fiber, if you can hear it. So during the normal course of our lives, I go to bed a little bit earlier than I would normally because he can't stay up as late as I do. And we like to go to bed at the same time. But when he's not in town, I actually find it difficult to fall asleep without him there. So I pretty much stay awake until I can stay awake no longer. And that's when I go to bed. (laughs) There were a lot of extra hours in my days. And I still did not get everything accomplished. I hope to. Yeah. I finished cleaning the rest of the downstairs in the house. After I like pulled everything out of the craft room, got it all put away. I like actually cleaned the rest of it. So that was pretty cool. I did also have things on my list that were like questionable to begin with. Like I'm literally looking at the list right now and it says make bread question mark. Yeah, I didn't get to that one. I didn't make bread while he was gone. So one day I'll make a loaf of bread. I don't know why. I think that's like a pandemic desire of mine from watching all of the Great British Bake Off. For some reason now I want to make bread. One reason is bread is delicious and I love bread. I didn't like hop onto that whole sourdough starter train, but I definitely want to make a loaf of bread one day. It just didn't happen this past weekend. Well, it looks like that's just about all I've got going on in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. And now it's on to Spin a Tale. This edition of Spin a Tale is all about scraps and the dangers of deep cleaning the craft room. So I had told you previously that I found a bunch of like random prepared fibers that I hadn't done anything with. They weren't inventory. They were just kind of hanging out. And I was using them to, you know, revitalize my ability to do a short forward draft. And unfortunately, those scraps of prepared fiber are like just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all of the scraps that I laid my hands and eyes on while I was cleaning the craft room. Yeah, so a bunch of that stuff came to light this past weekend while the boy was out of town. I decided that I needed to crochet a bunch of little flowers to go on my centerpiece on my dining room table. And, you know, I'd just been kind of tossing the idea around. But then I came across all my scraps of sampled spun fiber that I had gotten from various sources. Like way back in the day, fat fiber sampler boxes were pretty amazing, especially for new spinners to get to try a bunch of stuff on these small amounts. And I have a small gray basket that sits on top of one of my bookshelves that's just full of all these little samples that I had spun up. And they had no goal. And I probably would have forgotten they were there, except for the fact that I was fully engaged in the deep clean and pulled that basket down and went, ooh, these will be perfect. So, so far I've crocheted like 20-ish of these little flowers. And I'll talk to you more about what the flowers are when I get to spinning my wheels. But yeah, so that was a little distracting. May have taken my attention away from a few other things, but that's fine. Oh, then, of course. So one of the problems I have in the craft room is I have this chair that sits in front of my fabric shelf and I don't necessarily put things away when I'm done with them. <laughs> Sometimes I literally, I, I had this huge stack of fabric sitting on this chair in front of the fabric shelf. So as I was sorting through that fiber, I came across a bunch of fabric scraps. 
and thought to myself, if I don't use these, I should get rid of them. I'm not a hoarder. My st- I'm not a hoarder, darn it. But I chose to use them instead of get rid of them. So I don't know, maybe it was Pinterest or actually I think it was a conversation with my knit group. They were talking about these crocheted patterns for microwave bowl cozies. And I had seen some patterns for fabric ones on Pinterest. And they take like 10 inch squares of fabric and they're quilted like lines. You don't burn yourself. Like the whole point is you can microwave them and the bowl, they don't get hot, they don't melt. So you have to have all cotton fabric, cotton thread, cotton batting. And I went ahead and made sure I had all those things. And scrap fabric started to become cozies. Now, I only got one done, but still, I sorted out a bunch of fabric, started cutting it. Super distracting, right? So, so far we've got scrap fiber, scrap fabric, and scrap yarn has all like started to become things. And it totally distracted me and took me away from actually finishing ongoing projects. But it did lead to starting a bunch of new stuff. So, so hopefully I'll have some of that stuff done soon. But I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, oh no, look at this rabbit hole that I have taken myself down. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. And the scrap bats that were just hanging out are spun up. I need to set the yarn and those are good to go. Yeah, I sorted through all of those scrap yarns and picked out like just spring colors that kind of went with the table runner I made last year. And those are in a bag with crochet hooks so that I can work on those. Pretty cool. And I've got some cut scrap fabric sitting over here in a pile, which I shouldn't have. It should be put in like a project bag or something or a project basket. So it's organized, but that's like a totally different story. Yeah. So scraps, touching and feeling and finding all of the scrap material that is hanging out in the craft room really was a danger to me and my productivity over the past week or so. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. Like I said a couple times, I feel like I've been working on a lot, but not actually finishing anything. But that's okay. I think it happens to the best of us. So what have I been working on? Two of the things that were on my list for while the boy was gone were, one, washing a fleece. And two, picking an alpaca fleece. And I managed to get one of those things 100% complete. I washed a what I thought was white, CVM cross. And if you know things about washing fleece, you know that the water has to be really hot. I have like several bathtubs in my house, but all the bathtubs have limiters on the faucets, which is a standard thing. So behind the knobs where you turn the water to temperature, there's actually a little dial in there. So you can set the max temperature, no matter how hot your water heater is, you can only turn the heat up so high in the faucets. That is the case with both of my bathtubs. They have like a kid safe limiter on them. So they actually won't get hot enough to wash fleece. Like they don't reach 120 degrees, which is kind of about the target for washing fleece so that it actually dissolves the lanolin and and the gross stuff that's inside the fleece. So I could not wash the fleece in a bathtub. The only place I could wash the fleece, unfortunately, it wasn't horrible. The, like, that's exactly why I do this when the boy's not around, was in my kitchen sink. So I used two large Home Depot buckets 
inside my sink. I wasn't able to wash the quantity per session that I wanted to because I was limited for space. If I was in a bathtub, I could have had multiple buckets going at one time with a larger quantity of fleece in each bath, but that didn't work out. But I did get the entire fleece washed and it was a little bit of trial and error. I decided that I do not like kookaburra scour. I don't like the smell and it didn't seem to be as effective for me as just straight Dawn was. So I actually have like one little, my first batch of fleece that I'm going to have to rewash. Probably just one more hot bath with Dawn and one more hot rinse and it'll be good to go. But there's just sections of it that that still have like clumps of lanolin that I don't want to run through my cards or combs with that gunk in it. So I've talked a little bit about this before too. Alpaca fleece has guard hair. I don't intend to process all of my own alpaca fleece. I would like to take them to a mill and just have them turned into roving for me. But in order to save time and money, what I really need to do is pick them all really well and get all of the guard hairs out of them. And I'm either going to have to start being less conservative with the amount of guard hairs I'm picking out or just give up and let the processor do it because I got less than halfway done picking that fleece. It it takes forever. Like in the evenings over two days, I literally just pulled a handful of locks out of the bag, pick guard hairs and vegetable matter out, tossed it in a box, like a bin that had already picked fleece in it. And I didn't even get halfway done. And I got a whole fleece washed. So, I mean, it was just so time consuming. Like at this rate, I will never, ever get my alpaca ready for processing. Maybe I'll have an alpaca picking party and invite people over to come pick guard hairs out of fleece with me. I don't know. At this rate, I'll never get it done. But I'm going to keep trying and we'll we'll see how it goes. And like I said, maybe if I'm more ruthless and like if I pick up a lock that's got like tons of guard hairs in it, if if they aren't easy, just toss it. Or if I pick up a lock... Instead of hunting for guard hairs, if they aren't visible, just leave them. I don't know. I will have to decide what approach is going to be best because at this rate, I will never, ever finish picking those fleece. And I know I got time for that at all. At all. So I started off with spinning, so I will keep going with that little theme. I feel like my commitment to the Gotland has been renewed. As we speak, I am combing one and a half ounces of of Gotland in three sections, in three half ounce sections, so that I can do a traditional three ply and see how it goes. So I'm dividing it by weight in advance, not just spinning from nowhere, but I'm processing it. I'm getting ready to diz some off of my combs right now. And I decided for due diligence, because I saw a lady on YouTube do it, for due diligence, I'm also going to take an ounce and a half and run it through my mini drum carter and see what happens. Because she seems to always process her gotland fleece that way. She cards it. It's definitely not going to have the sheen that it does combed and the smoothness. But I would like to see how that yarn turns out and see if I actually like it that way. So we'll see. So I'm going to do an ounce and a half, spun, carded. I think I'm going to 
spin it off the mini bat with a worsted draft, even though it's a woolen prep, like a short forward draft. So if I do them both short forward draft, let's see how that goes. And then I'm going to spin the ounce and a half as a three ply. I'll probably do them both three plies. I'm pleased that I've committed to that. So I also discovered that I have a little problem. Um, I'm going to spin this on my Louette Victoria. And that is my go-to favorite spinning wheel. But I realized that I've been goofing off with my e-spinners and some of my other Louette travel wheels. And I haven't spun on the Victoria since Soar. I actually don't have any clean bobbins. So I'm going to have to clean off like bobbins just to sample. So that's a little disappointing and that slows me down. But, but I'll get there. So I'm probably going to need all six of my bobbins cleaned off and ready to go so that I can sample this on the actual wheel I'm going to use. I did the previous samples on my S45, but I know I'm going to spin the larger project on the Victoria. So I definitely need to get those bobbins cleaned off and, and ready to go. So, and I figured to sample and get a true idea of how this yarn is going to turn out, I should probably sample it on the wheel I'm going to spin the big project on. Whew. Yeah. So that's a lot of spinning. And I do like combing. It's very slow, but I like the results. And, and I actually just this year figured out in my brain how to diz things off of the, the cones. So I'm still fascinated with that ability of mine, my new skill. All right. So like I had said for knitting, I, during the six days that the boy was gone, I literally knit nothing, nothing. But I still have my oatmeal cardigan in the works. I still have my travel socks in the works. Oh, I made myself a liar. I did take the travel socks with me out in public. And when I was at Chili's, when I was getting my pedicure, I knit on them. So actually the lighting was absolutely amazing. Where I got my pedicure, I could see every stitch. <laughs> Even without glasses, it was pretty awesome. Yes, so I did get a little bit more on that done. And so that was pretty cool. But that was the only knitting I did was out in public with the travel socks. But they're coming along. And I should be able to get those done soon. I'm actually tempted to do some power knitting and like only knit like dedicated monogamously on those socks until they're done and move on to a project I can see better for my travel project because that one's killing me. But if I commit the time to like getting them done, then, then they'll be done and I'll be happy <laughs> and I'll feel accomplished. Yeah, I feel like this episode's totally all over the place and I appreciate you hanging out with me for this one because yeah, it's just been a bit of a scatter and kind of, you know. My brain's been all over the place, and so has my crafting. All right, so let me tell you about the flowers for my centerpiece. I crocheted. I've been crocheting for like a week. I'm not amazing at crochet. Let's talk about crochet. I can crochet, but typically the only crocheting I do is in the round because I'm that person that when I crochet back and forth, I can never figure out where to put the first stitch after the turn and typically you do like the chain to start the height of your row. I can never figure out where to start and I always end up with that wonky wobbly side like the whole blanket or whatever I'm making shifts back and forth because I can never figure out where to put that first stitch. I've made several granny square blankets and several granny squares throughout my life and a variety of different toys and things like that because they're in the round. I just suck it back and forth. One day it'll click in my head my Tanya's tried to show me a couple times, and I still just mess it up every time, and it's horrible. But the flowers that I'm working on are in the round, and they're adorable. 
So this here, we're going to circle back to the theme of this episode. The flowers came about this go round because I found a little tiny version of one in the scrap bin when I was cleaning up the craft room. And I think it was one winter when we had really horrible weather and I was trying to entertain my children. We made a bunch of these little flowers. And then every time since then, I've wanted to make the flowers. I couldn't for the life of me find the pattern. Like, where did that come from? I actually thought that it was in the cozy crochet kit that I got a million years ago at a bookstore. It's like a little kit that's got a bunch of little card patterns in it. And I thought it was in there and that I had lost the pattern because it drove me nuts. I'm like, where did that little card go? I can't find it. I was convinced that that's where the pattern came from. But I was wrong, actually. This little crochet pattern that I absolutely adore is in the Vogue Knitting Stitch Dictionary number four crochet. It is just one of the stitch patterns that's in this book, in this dictionary, and it's called the hibiscus. They actually have a whole huge section full of flowers. It's in the section called embellishments. I am flipping pages, looking for embellishments, and I believe I'm going the wrong way. Okay, so it is. It's in the section called embellishments, and there's a bunch of little flowers, and this one is number 43. It's called the hibiscus two ways, and it's just this cute little flower that's a bunch of chain, single crochets, half doubles. I had to remind myself what a half double crochet was because it had been so long since I'd done one. But yeah, so I'm literally just using a ton of scrap yarn that I had in my stash. Little bits and bobs. We're talking like 27 to 30 yards that came from fiber that I had gotten in sample kits. And yeah, I'm just crocheting a bunch of these little flowers and spring colors to go in my centerpiece. And it totally makes me happy. And I will, I'll do something. I'll include that information about which flower it is in the show notes as I sit here and try to remember what else I have done. Yeah, there's not a whole lot else that's been going on and spinning my wheels. So that's all I got this time around. In this episode, I'm going to put my spin on one of my most benign yet thoroughly useful fiber arts tools. It is a salad spinner. Somewhere along the lines, when I was in the military, getting stationed all over the world, I had made my way to a Tupperware party or two. And I got Tupperware's salad spinner at one of these events. Now, we 100% do not make enough salads from our garden or from, you know, heads of lettuce that I need a tool in my kitchen for spinning the water off of vegetables. However, it is so, I use it all the time, all the time. When I block finish knitwear, but not sweaters, it's not big enough for that. Block finish knitwear, when I set yarn I've just spun, when I am washing whole fleece and I want it to dry faster, that thing is so handy for spinning extra water out of these things. The issue is it's 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 not too small, but it's definitely not big enough for, like, I couldn't spin the water out of a whole fleece in one setting. I couldn't spin the water out of a whole sweater. But scarves and cowls and socks, absolutely. I love my salad spinner. It is not stored in the kitchen. It is in the craft room on a shelf where it belongs because I don't want my boyfriend trying to use it for other things because it is now a fiber arts tool. And it is one of my favorite. 
and one of the most simplistic things. And I love it. And I use it all the time. If you don't have a salad spinner, there's like a million different ones. I think I've seen them at like the dollar store, Walmart, places like just about any big box store. Um, like I said, we got this one at a Tupperware party. Essentially, it is a bowl with a basket in it, a mesh basket, got holes in it, and a lid that has a spinning apparatus. And you just toss the wet thing inside the basket, spin the lid, and all of the water comes out like it would in the spin cycle of your washing machine. So my home washing machine does not have a spin-only cycle like you can rinse and spin. But as we all know, that's no good for woolly things, right? Because that'll felt it. Or you run the risk of felting it. So yeah, I use it all the time. I absolutely love it. If you do not have a salad spinner in your fiber art tool collection, I recommend it. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Thank you all for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I hope you didn't mind terribly my extremely disorganized mind this week and my extremely disorganized crafting. Because, you know, sometimes that happens. And hopefully the next week uh, proves to be a little bit more organized. A few more things get finished. That'd be great, right? In the week to come, I've got a couple things going on. Next weekend, I'm going to go up to Denver and I'm going to see one of my friends from SOAR. She's an instructor at Yarnfest. So Yarnfest is an event sponsored by Interweave. I did not sign up for any classes or anything like that, but they have a market on Saturday. So their market, they, they charge you to get into the market. So it's like 15 bucks a ticket to go into the market. But I figure before I complain about paying to go to the market, I should probably go to the market once. I've lived here for five years and I've never gone to Yarnfest. So I'm going to go up to Denver on Friday night. I'm going to spend the night with Bird, go out to dinner with my friend. And then on Saturday, Bird and I are going to venture out to Yarnfest and we'll see what happens with that. And I'll report back whether or not it is worth the $15 cover charge to make your way to the marketplace. Like it's just the marketplace. So most of the time, most events do not charge you a fee to go spend your money. And I don't know why they do, but I'll let you know whether or not it's actually worth the 15 bucks to go do that. Cause that's certainly something I have not done. And actually, I don't think I've ever seen a fiber event of any kind charge you just to go into the marketplace. So we'll see whether or not Interweave is out of their mind for charging people to get into the marketplace. We'll see, right? And it'll be really nice to go see Bird. That'll be great. This week, I am going to play a little flashback song from Luscious Jackson to lead us out. Thank you all again for joining me for this episode. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at Shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. You can catch me on Ravelry and Instagram as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Wearing nothing is divine. Make it easy, state of mind. I take things off to clear my head to say the things I haven't said. Live inside the elements, the earth and sky are my best friends. Water is the evidence that washes me from end to end.
choice I tried to make It's not a thought I couldn't take Something told me it was time To give you yours and leave me mine My vision started to be clear I watched the sunlight coming near A new day, I knew the night I knew I could regain my sight Feel 